I guess before I start today's show, uh, Sebastian, I'm going to send this to you on Instagram to check out. Uh, my friend Alex sent this because she was like, oh, I, I, rem- I remember the theme of your guys' show. It had to do with Mars. So I saw this and I thought this was funny and it reminded me of your show. And uh, for listeners at home wondering what it could be, it's uh, some guy about to jump on a ramp on a skateboard over fire and then it has that music that you hear whenever something's flying through space i sound like a real old man right now but um, i was gonna say i I hear it through the headphones the only time it's acceptable to play this format is uh is the uh the meme where emperor palpatine jumps a little bit too high oh yeah he's charging at a a mace window (laughs) Mm mm-hmm Oh man, that's hysterical. <laughs> doesn't doesn't that take you back? Because that was that was right around the time that, or at least right around the year that we met, that that started to get any kind of traction, or just was noticed. And and it's it's weird seeing a new. And granted, I don't know how new this video is. This could have been something filmed five years ago that Alex just right. sent, but. Uh, it takes me back. I gotta say, I mean, it's, it's definitely a, it's, it's a new twist on an old classic. You you could say. Well, uh, after that little quick little bit of nostalgia to to get us started um welcome listeners to mars on life uh no i'm not william shatner i am ryan mancini and joined with me as always is uh, subconsciously questioning why i'm even here uh sebastian chug thank you thank you for having me i mean as if you had any choice but yeah <laughs> thank you for having me <laughs> Uh, well, it's been it's been a it's been an interesting couple of days. Um, what with the stock market and the and and the influencers and why can't the world just go back to the way it was? Hey, did you hear the uh, rapper who is like grinding on Satan and is selling Nike shoes? Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I I can go on and on. <laughs> T- to tell you the truth, ever since I deleted Facebook mm-hmm. completely shut down my account and all and keep it in, keep in mind that I've had this account since eighth grade. Um, one, I've never felt more freer, but two, it makes me wonder about the other social media accounts that I still use and whether or not they're going to be getting the ax in the coming years, mm-hmm. you know, because if Facebook owns Instagram and I'm already getting sick and tired of Instagram, I may just end up jumping ship. Because oh, I've no. done it to Snapchat, mm-hmm. done it to Facebook, uh, Twitter. I feel like, <laughs> do I need to say anything? I don't think so. Um, Google Plus. Oh my, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that lawsuit's still going on with them. Anyway, um, yeah, no, it's uh, one by one. Mm-hmm. One by one. I'll tell you this much: when it comes to people taking any kind of action that they wouldn't have probably normally have taken in the past 
a part of actually going forward with something like that is just logging off. Like quit with, you know, the performative stuff, quit with, you know, going online just to further kind of fill yourself up with joy or dread. You want to go out there, you want to make change, log off. And uh, I can certainly say that's probably sort of our mantras for people, or at least it should be. I don't know. Would would you agree with that sentiment? Yes. Yes, I would. <laughs> I just. <laughs> oh man, it seems like I mean, every day I wake up mm. and I think to myself, "Wow." What a world we live in. <laughs> and and I know that this is sounding like really lower energy than what I've had in the past, but like I got to be honest, dude. This week in contrast to the last week, not much mm-hmm. has really happened aside from like taking my mom to go get her second dose. Yay. And, yeah, I know, like, but sort of like in contrast, I've I've been inundated with posts about how like <clears throat> how big COVID, how big of a conspiracy COVID is for some reason, <clears throat> and you get it from like these these backass sources and these apps and and stuff like that, and it's just made me so uninterested to even pursue it any further. And then you have the other side of the political compass that is just like, oh, uh. Put a coin in the in the tip jar for every time Alex Jones was right, and it's just a meme of like a swear jar that's full of coins. And I don't know, is like the like the conspirator is the conspirator role like in now? I don't I don't understand. I'll be bluntly honest. I I don't think I've heard of much of that outside of uh sort of universal skepticism on the I just scrolled by. Of the I just pandemic. scrolled by like three memes in a row, and mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it's like bait or if it's like <laughs> genuine interest in the topic. I know people would rather LARP on social media and mm-hmm. and say, "Oh, the boogaloo's coming," you know. But mm-hmm. uh, it's 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 all I see, man. It's all I see every day. I think I go to work thinking I'm escaping it, but really I'm just. <laughs> it's more it's more of the same wagey wagey getting cagey until i'm out it's just like it's like oh man (laughs) it's what i wouldn't give for a revolution no i'm kidding no trust me the the monotony of every day it's you know that that's certainly something that i grapple with and i try and do whatever i can to change it up but i just know that no matter what like this is probably still going to be life for at least, what are we now, just about in April? So, well, by the time this episode is out, it will be April. So we've basically got at least probably another, probably until the end of the year of life, kind of like this. Um, despite the clamoring for the 4th of July from the mayor of Amity and his good friend uh, Joey in the White House. Um, with their similar modes of thinking, uh, or even just the, the hope of fall. But before I get too doom and gloom, 
Um, huh, too late too for late. that. Uh, yeah, I was going to say too late. <laughs> <laughs> oh, trust me, the discussions that I have with my folks, it's like my my new name should be Johnny Raincloud. Um, but <laughs> um, we I should note this because last week, uh, as we were in the middle of the editing slash posting process of last week's show um on thursday the news dropped that starting april 1st in california adults 50 and over can get uh any eligible not eligible but any covid vaccine available and then starting on i believe it was on april 15th uh that will extend to californians 16 and older uh and according to the la times uh uh, written in a story written by Luke Money and Colleen Shelby. I should note, Luke Money and I both previously worked for the same newspaper, not together, um, not the LA Times either, but different paper. Um, at one point, they say in the story that state officials said the dramatic move is based on expected increases in vaccine supply um, <laughs> among those who will become eligible starting next Thursday is Governor Gavin Newsom himself. Uh, who's 53, whoop-de-doo. Um, <laughs> California's move to universal adult eligibility would come about two weeks before the May 1st target set by the Biden administration. A growing number of states, including Alaska, West Virginia, and Mississippi, have previously expanded eligibility to residents 16 and older. Um, I will repeat once again, those are also three states that are typically 50th uh, in just about everything. Um, but anyway... Uh, yeah, so this basically means that we're close to getting the vaccine finally. Um, you know, I, I couldn't help but initially respond to the news, uh, doing my best ice cube and just being like, God damn right, you know, because it's <laughs> about time. It is about time, and I know I sound silly, but it's, it's encouraging. I mean, I, I'm... I, I don't know. What, what do you make of the news? Honestly, I just I can't help. I don't I don't go actively looking for this kind of stuff, but I can't help mm. but stumble across every other post being like, you're really going to trust a vaccine that was made in less than a year you know, kind of thing. And of course, that doesn't circumvent my stance on it, which is being like, well, you, you should probably get it. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's just one of those things where it's like, I don't I don't understand the point and just really bickering ab about it anymore. Like if it gives you peace of mind to not get it. OK, are you the person going out being obnoxious and causing a scene, potentially risking infection for other people? You know, if, if it's mm. a if it's a circumstance where it's like, I'm not going to get it. And, you know, it, OK, maybe it's a lot more calmer than that. Like, I'm not going to get it. And then mm -hmm. willingly stay home and not risk infecting people. I can kind of maybe understand that perspective. But uh, again, if you're LARPing, <laughs> stating that, oh, well, I'm, I'm not going to get this and no one else should get it either. You know, meanwhile, you're, you're licking every bus station bench and, uh, and, and Del Taco restroom doorknob, you know, in a five mile radius. And it's like, yeah, you know, you should, uh, you shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh what steps are you actively taking to avoid the virus it doesn't seem like there's any so 
Well, it's anyway, you know, I, I think, too, it's at this point. People are finding ways of getting it even prior to, you know, eligibility opening up, which, you know what? Good for them. If they got it, they got it. I, I, frankly, I don't care. I just want to make sure that, you know, when the time comes when I'm eligible, I can get it. Um, and it just seems to me like a lot of the hubbub over the vaccines you know, at this rate, there's just nothing all that credible left to people that are politically motivated to try and get you to not take it. Um, most notably, uh, there was a tweet that w- went viral a couple days ago from Eric uh, Eric Metaxas, mm-hmm. uh, who, oh boy, this guy, um, tweeted something uh, basically saying, it's not a vaccine. Pass it on, along with this weird article about here's why mRNA injections do not meet the legal definition of vaccine. And it's kind of like, OK, so so what was the point of that? You know, like, like OK, we've lived through a pandemic for a year. Uh, over a half million Americans have died from it. A year ago, it was scum like this guy that were basically saying oh it'll take a miracle to get a vaccine quick enough and now you've got people that are skeptical it's like eh well you know what you wanted a miracle guess what you got it uh no takes backsies uh jesus doesn't work that way people hate to bring it to you um not to mention (laughs) jesus has nothing to do with your fucking vaccine but uh there's there's a title there's a bar (laughs) <laughs> oh bars it's, uh, another uh, establishment that i can't get into except in orange county <laughs> when people don't even wear masks anyway i don't understand man i just i i can't wrap my head around the conclusion that people are now suddenly this interested in just wanting to be part of society you know as if like they weren't huddled in their caves for the past 15 to 20 years inundated by the internet and cable Mm -hmm. like like why are they so so much interested now in doing so oh because we live in a beautiful town sebastian okay well (laughs) los angeles isn't exactly the spitting image of a beautiful city at least in my opinion when i can see it that is (laughs) um you know which are which are uh uh you know not on the days that end with a y unfortunately there's too much smog (laughs) in the air so, I don't know. Uh, flyover states are definitely seeming more appealing by the second, but uh, you know, what do I know? What do well, I? Well, and 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 before before we get on that topic, because we we did kind of start something last week, which I subsequently made that a separate bonus episode, just because it was such a perfect succinct discussion by itself that I figured, with some of the recent news that's gone on, I figured there's a way to sort of branch into uh recent news along with our discussion about la um but i should also note uh before we get on to our main topics i should note also that today uh march 31st is the two-year anniversary of the killing of rapper and la native nipsey hustle i happened to very recently uh finish reading the first biography about him called the marathon don't stop by rob kenner and uh, he left a legacy that I think it was just getting started in a way. Um, you know, he died young. He was killed, I believe, at 33. Um, and right outside of his own store, 
uh, Marathon Clothing Shop. For people that don't know a whole lot about him, he certainly was one of the brightest people and certainly one of the most, I think, empathetic artists that we've had in a long time. Um, and, you know, this guy went from being like a child prodigy to being in a gang, obviously. He was, uh, you know, a lot of his music talks about, you know, the marathon continues, life is a marathon. Um, you know, it doesn't stop until you stop, so keep on going, keep, you know, as, as one of his songs would indicate, you know, keep grinding all your life. Um, you know, I uh, remember when he died, I do vividly remember the the clashes between people who were upset at his passing and police officers. Um, friend of the show, Kenny Berry, was very moved by it. And that that in, in of itself left an impact on me just because it was like, well, who was this guy? Because I didn't know who he was when he was killed. Um, I don't know, Sebastian, did you know anything about Nipsey or listen to any of his music? I hate to say this, but I did not. Uh, when news broke, I believe we were both in the car on our way getting something to eat, and we drove past the spot. And I'm like, oh, well, who's Nipsey Hussle? And mm-hmm. I think, truth be told, we really didn't know how to have a conversation about it because I don't think you really knew either. But I will say that when the news did eventually reach us um you graduated i was still in school and we had a bunch of fraternity brothers uh mourning the loss of them Mm -hmm. and it was something that i couldn't quite grasp and it's one of those things where uh i mean i hate to make this about race but unfortunately i will never be able to grasp that south la lifestyle mm-hmm. I, I was not raised i was not born and raised in that in that area I, you know the the biggest change in the hip-hop rap game i guess you could call it was when i saw straight out of compton god i sound so white saying this when i mm-hmm. saw when i saw straight out of compton and immediately fell in love with 80s and 90s uh hip-hop and rap mm-hmm. and after that i kind of just fell out of it because it was just like eh Surely there's no great music coming out after this. The golden era. Boy, was I wrong. I know. But it's like, yeah, what can you do? If anything, I, I certainly credit him when it comes to or expanding the range of artists that I listen to. And, you know, I've, I've grown to listen to more and more of his stuff over the years. I, I think if anything, it was just there was kind of a this dynamic element to him that you know, you, you don't always get it when you read Rob Kenner's book, um, which I, I can easily recommend. Um, frankly, he goes into enough detail when it comes to Los Angeles history, the history of the LAPD, um, you know, the history and rivalry between the Bloods and the Crips, uh, the Rolling Sixties as well. Um, and also just the whole hip hop game in the nineties and especially going into the two thousands talk about other artists as well, like YG and Kendrick Lamar. The more I've learned about Nipsey, it's more just kind of like, he seemed like he had a lot more to offer. And it's it really is a tragedy that, you know, this was a guy that just seemed far more ahead of the game when it comes to understanding the problems in the community, understanding the problems of, 
you know, homelessness and gentrification, which will lead into our next topic. But, you know, sort of understanding that things needed to be done yesterday when it came to problems in L.A. And, you know, I, I know he was trying to get involved with the L.A. City Council. Um <laughs> I can't imagine that worked out totally well, especially given what happened in Echo Park last week. But to jump from this topic on to the next, I'll, I'll just kind of leave it with uh, this tweet from our, our mutual friend, Edwin Ocampo, who tweeted, I woke up thinking today felt weird, only to find out it's Nip's death day. RIP to the street poet, gangster, and father. LA is going to be a different vibe today. TMC, the marathon continues. Um, so yeah, shout out to Edwin, shout out to the late, great Nipsey Hussle. Yeah, since we, we just kind of touched on it, I figured we might as well go all in, as uh, your Philip DeFranco's and James Holtzhauer's of the world would say. Um, Let's just jump right into it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're better at that than me. <laughs> well, look, uh, as someone who grew up watching washed up white political pundits on YouTube... Actually, you know what? No, I didn't. I only <laughs> I still memed them when I was younger because I'm like, OK, one video one day is not going to affect you. <laughs> OK, <laughs> this dude is one of the pioneers on YouTube. So I, I think he's fine. I think he's <laughs> fine. I'll, you know, my respect to him, though. I mean, he got 2006 since then, I think. I think so. I could be wrong. But, you know, you have like. You have like him, I Justine, Jenna Marbles, even though Jenna Marbles quit. Uh, God, who else? I don't know. Did did you watch YouTube back in its heyday? I kind of started back in like oh nine. I did, but not not to the extent that I do now. Where like I I I couldn't have told you back then who any of the quote unquote big players of YouTube were. Well, they, they um, were big players back then. They were just popular people, you know, like at the time like, it was it was such a groundbreaking thing for people to set up a camera and just record themselves vlogging. Yeah. Uh, but like, now like, anyone well, with an iPhone can do it. My introduction to any of those people, I think, came from the South Park episode, um, you know, where, where you've got like Star Wars guy and Chocolate Rain fighting each other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so... I was going to yeah. say, did you hear the backstory about Star Wars guy? No. Okay, so just like as a quick funny aside, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it's funny for us, not funny for him. Um, essentially, when he made that video, he thought that nobody would see it. And then like three to five years later, when some tech students were cleaning out the, the room, mm-hmm. uh, they found the VHS tape, uploaded it, and ended up, you know, obviously taking the world by storm. Uh, needless to say, the guy wasn't happy that it was uploaded, and he, like, sued for damages and, like, therapy wow. when it was like, dude, just just own it. <laughs> well, that's, like, that's what would happen like, now. Right. But that's the thing. They would own it for the sake of clout, and back then it was like, well, I really don't want myself, you know, being plastered all over the internet in this regard. Like, oh, I don't want people knowing I'm a nerd. Little did he know that... You know, the the edits that people made out of him were probably more badass than uh, some action movies today. <laughs> yeah. Little did he know that the Big Bang Theory was right around the corner and he would have been completely vindicated if yeah. he just stuck it out. 
<laughs> Yay, Big Bang Theory, or, or Lord and Savior. I, I'm <laughs> sorry, I still don't think that, that that show is funny. I like the ending. The ending is very heartfelt, but... <sighs> as uh, Trust me, as, as somebody who used to be... You know, and, and mind you, I was a huge fan of it when there was like... Oh, God. Like... One, I think I think it, I I became a fan like during season two, and at some point I started to notice you know the writing is not improving, the episodes are meandering, and it, it, this all this feels like a show that should have already ended, <laughs> like I, right. Oh, I mean it's it's like the, it's like the same excuse that people give uh, when they like for the office it's like oh you just have to get past the first season i'm like no you you misunderstand the point of a pilot and its respective season it's supposed to kick off the show not bury it further into the ground well this, like, why do i have to go through, why do i have to go through this hazing process just so i could see the light at the end of the tunnel like, no right well it's <laughs> dumb that, and that was that's kind of the issue with it was that it was good those first like those first few seasons like i'll 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 admit it. If there's a season one or season two episode on TV, I might watch it because I still will find it genuinely funny. But once they started expanding the cast and it just felt like none of the characters were really going anywhere. And it it soon reached a point where Sheldon became so insufferable where I'm just thinking to myself, you know, why don't they just jettison this guy already? Like, just get him out of here. Like, I understand he's the face of the show, but like, my God, I would rather have Kramer coming into my apartment every day and have to live with, you know, Mr. Uh, praying mantis with, with the weird laugh, you know, Oh God, it just, it just felt endless and it just felt brutal. And I, I will say some of that early humor with uh, the Howard Wallowitz character does not hold up. Wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. um no yikes yeah anyway, yeah um oh god you're, you're sending me down a rabbit hole um and i'm I trying know, to man i just like I, I don't i don't like justifying shows that that make you cringe but you have to put a plastered smile on your face just because it's something like classic like you look at certain tv shows and movies and you think oh i used to watch this as a kid you know you're allowed to say that this that this movie is a pile of crap now <laughs> or this yeah. show is a pile of garbage. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it's just. I don't know. I'm not one for I'm one for for changing my opinion in the context of new information. Yes. But when it comes down mm-hmm. to like like classical things as well or things near and dear to you, it, it's OK to look at it with <laughs> with an air of subjectivity and be like, yeah, I don't I really don't know what my humor was back then. And it shows, you know, but but no, let's just uh, let's give them multiple Emmys. That makes sense. (laughs) And and let's just keep the show going because, oh, it makes money because all the boomers that don't have any lives that are looking at these young guys and thinking, oh, why can't my son be like that? And it's like, oh, well, they work at a university and they can afford it somehow. Um, It's it's funny, though. Oh, God, that's so prescient that you say that, because literally, (laughs) um, when I was in Colorado uh, visiting Heather's family, that was what they were watching. And it was just like, well, Uh-oh. this is a this is an educational hierarchy that a is in the realm of fiction. So, you know, subvert your expectations a little bit. But mm-hmm. B, you're absolutely right. 
they're working in the field of education. Um, I don't know the show off the top of my head, but don't all of them have like their PhD or something? Three um, of them have PhDs. Three of them one have of them is, one is of them still has a mister. It's still a ma- huh? still has a master's and they taunt him for it, even though he ends up becoming an astronaut. So it's yeah. like really check yourself. <laughs> like like yeah, granted, Sheldon wins the Nobel Prize. Whoop de doo. Okay. Like like what other No, you gotta look at it like this. How else could they how else could they have ended the season? You know, they're in the field of education and science and physics. Like, you know, if that's the bar, like that's the, the coup de gras of you know, I guess being a physicist. Mm-hmm. Okay, you get a medal. <laughs> you get a you get a pat on the ass from the president or something. I don't know. Uh, Come on, man! I want you to meet my dogs. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> have you? Okay. Another uh, side tangent that I have to ask: Have you heard, have you read the stories about? Not only did one of the dogs apparently bite somebody again. Oh no. Um. Apparently the dogs have been pooping in the hallways of the White House. Man, <laughs> I, 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 you have this big lawn, literally <laughs> acres of grass and trees, and it's gated. And more often than not, you have people to pick up the poo. You're telling me that you can't just leave these dogs outside? I, I don't think that they're going to notice a difference. I really don't. I don't care what you say about, oh, well, my dog's indoor. No. <laughs> Biologically speaking, they are outdoor beings. We have only <laughs> since domesticated them, and that's only been through thou- through a mere thousand plus years, give or take. Yeah. And yeah. humans have lived, humans have existed for how long? 4.6 billion? Uh, oh, God, less than that. Way less, less than, than that. that. Or, or something. The dinosaurs like, were only extinct 65 million years ago. Right, but something in the four point something. It's just hilarious given the fact that it's like, okay, so clearly the press can't go into the concentration camps at the border. Okay, what other Biden story can we cover? Oh, his dog pooped in the hallway. Oh, that that people will read that. Oh God. Anyway, um, I you know, yeah. I would I would venture to guess that the alt-right far-right um boogaloo boy media would would take that story and be like they they didn't even they wouldn't even need to do anything with it to actually make it like something i would read and click on Mm. they would they would have to spin it to be like what is biden doing putting this in the news and to tell you the truth i would call that substantial journalism why does this need to be covered (laughs) Well, that, that's just it. That's you know? not even Biden putting it out there. It's no, no, no. I, I know, I, I know yeah. it's, I know it's not. But if like one of these alt right, um, uh, like hit piece news mm-hmm. article sources came out and I'd said, say. oh yeah, like oh Biden's lost his mind, or like the the left wing media has lost its mind. If you think that this qualifies as news, and objectively, I'd have to look at it and be like, well. They're kind of right. <laughs> like, yeah, like why would I? Why would I care about some some dude's dog? Biden and his dogs. Jesus. Anyway, finally getting into the segue of our uh, one of our big topics today to talk about that again. It somewhat stems from our our LA chat last week. Um. <clears throat> so last week you had a large 
homeless community basically using parts of Echo Park as a place of refuge, as a place to basically just go and sleep and try and maintain some kind of living over there. And uh, late last week, and for some reason this was something that was dragged out over several days where, you know, this is within the district that is uh, looked over by L.A. Council member, L.A. City Council member Mitch O'Farrell, and he wanted to basically have uh, Echo Park Lake completely cleaned out and basically dislocate all of these people so that they could apparently close the park down for whatever uh, whatever renovations needed for the Olympics in seven years, which I should note, O'Farrell is a huge advocate for bringing the Olympics back to L.A. Um, and so it resulted in a large altercation, I believe it was on Thursday, it might have been Friday, between some 400 LAPD officers and countless activists and advocates for, you know, helping the homeless and people that work with uh, shelters. They all showed up and, and basically wanted uh, wanted LAPD to just leave them alone. Um, and just to kind of read a little bit from Knock LA's story about it, uh, who is at the helm of this sweep? Uh, it's Mitchell Farrell, city councilman for the for District 13, whose last major effort to enact a care plus sweep at Echo Park Lake in January 2020 was thwarted, then delayed by over a year due to COVID-19 restrictions. In the absence of this danger, the Echo Park Lake tent community has grown and thrived, enacting a jobs program, free food initiatives and a community garden. Um this severe escalation endangered lives in the interest of protecting the anti-unhoused complaints of O'Farrell's wealthiest residents. To accomplish this, he worked with the LAPD to create an unprecedented show of force, all to force his own constituents with nowhere to go out of a thriving community he had failed to support. Um, and I, you know, followed a lot of the news in regards to the sweep. Um, LAPD did not resist. <laughs> When it came to uh, showing force, it, it did not, go, you know, it did not refuse to go out of its own way to basically point, quote unquote, non-lethal shotguns at people. Um, and if anything, this just kind of is a, uh, I don't know, what's the best way to describe it? In a lot of ways, this is kind of a focal point of the entire uh, homelessness crisis that we've had in L.A., and in L.A. County uh, to a wider extent for the last several years. And it's only grown worse and worse as the years have gone on. Um, and also just want to quickly point out as well to a L.A. taco story that also covered uh, homeless advocates facing off against LAPD uh, in effort to stop forced removal of encampments in Echo Park Lake. Uh, there's a whole series of photos that basically cover what happened, uh, you know, activists getting knocked down, be, uh, being placed under arrest. I know there was an incident with a woman who lives in that area who left her apartment and she was basically quickly beaten by police officers that mistook her for being a, a demonstrator. You know, we, we talked a little bit last week about the 
crises in LA when it comes down to housing, um, you know, all, all these people that want to keep coming to LA because, oh, you know, that's where the entertainment industry is. That's where I can, you know, make my next step in life. And <laughs> the reality of it is outside of just the fact that it's unaffordable to live out here is also just the fact that a lot of the people that are homeless, you know, this isn't a, an issue of, oh, well, so many of them need, you know, counseling and help because they're mentally ill. And it's like, no, that's inaccurate. It, this isn't a matter of, oh, we have a, a mental illness crisis. It's more like we have a crisis in just the fact that nobody can afford a home. That is part of the large part of the reason why so many people are homeless in L.A. County is the fact that you have people that come to L.A. They can't afford to live out here and they can't get out. And so they end up basically living on the streets with nowhere else to go. And, you know, places like Los Angeles, um, you know, I can safely say the city of Santa Clarita have tried doing their best to make sure that, you know, oh, homelessness, it's not a problem. Oh, we can just tuck that away. And the fact is, is that you can't hide something like that. Every country that has faced, or rather every major city that has welcomed the Olympics ultimately deals with a huge homelessness crisis where you have all of these people that have been relocated to a different part of the city and it's just festering wounds by you know putting a big stamp on top of it saying oh don't worry we're a fully functioning city with no uh, societal breakdowns or problems um of course i point to the rio olympics and the fact that you've got stadiums in rio de janeiro that literally are never going to be used for anything else but they're still there and almost people have had to go into those buildings use them as some kind of living space only to get beaten and thrown out by rio police and trust me uh huh, rio, rio police they they don't they don't uh they don't kid i'll put it that way what's, uh what's what did uh how did internet historian put it uh you know when the olympics are in brazil uh <laughs> The uh, gold medals are made of chocolate, and the chocolate is made of street crime. So, <laughs> uh, so, but you know, it's if anything, it's certainly tragic to see a lot of these pictures. And you know, this goes even just beyond from this LA Taco story, or even from Knock LA. And you know, the whole homelessness crisis going on in LA County has been something that's festered and festered for years. I have been on both the political side and the journalistic side of it, and frankly, nobody knows what to do. Nobody knows how to get this resolved, and the saddest part is I was at a uh, journalism concert with a friend of the show, Pete D. Camarillo, and, uh, several years ago, and we watched a panel talking about homelessness and how, you know, oh, what can be done? What how can this all change? How can we make uh, people's lives better? And the whole panel was pissed. Like they were all visibly mm -hmm. angry over the fact that, look, all we do is act as a bunch of stenographers and reiterate what local politicians and nonprofits do. At the end of the day, none of it's working. So right. if the crisis so is only getting worse and worse, what can we actually do that's going to be, you know, proactive in terms of change 
Um, uh, you, you want, you're asking this because you want a solution or a potential solution. I have one. Uh, don't move to LA, subvert your expectations right. and realize that in essence, because you ask the question of why do people move to LA? And, and the common answer is, I want to make a go of it in a new city, specifically a city that is that is writhing with opportunities in the entertainment industry, because what is that but a one size fits all occupational, fun, energetic mm. solution to one's aspirations? OK, um, I'm not going to beat around the bush when I say that in the entertainment industry, having the connections, having the talent and more importantly, having the audience to grow that and fund that. If you have all that, you're golden. But if you're missing one of those steps, you may as well be bankrupt. So what's the solution? Uh, well, I've looked at it and I've, I've realized that it's to it's to scale down. It's to realize that, well, making a go out, making a go of it doesn't necessarily have to pertain to an area that has already been oversaturated with people who have the same dream. Okay, mm -hmm. and don't think that you can just go and hightail it to the East Coast in New York because it's the same thing. Oh yeah. Oh so, yeah. So what do you do? Okay, well, if you're asking me, you would pick a small-ish city, somewhere rural, somewhere where you can be in the confines of your own space, and if people decide to look in and say, "Oh, well, that's pretty cool." Okay, great have a way to fund it, which if you look at the other 48 states, you'd realize that there's a stark contrast between where people want to go for entertainment and where people want to go for practicality. Mm -hmm. And you can see why the scale would be heavily tipped. Um, I don't know. I, I meant it earlier when I said that the flyover states in particular – seem very, very enticing to those who wish to make the exodus from California or New York. And I think a lot of people would rather admit to themselves that, no, this is a worthwhile investment on my part to stay in this particular city. Mm. When in reality, it's slowly killing them. It's killing them financially, socially, and it's it's draining it of the culture, which, you know, people can be... Can, be People can be all hoity-toity over the whole, like, well, you know, America really doesn't have a culture, sweetie. Uh, and it's like, well, go out and find a lifestyle that that suits you. And if it's not in California, who cares? Or if it's not in New York, who cares? You know? Mm -hmm. um, well, we don't have a sense of collective culture. It, it's re it's very well, regional. Well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Of course you don't. And And to yeah. that point... When the regional culture is as abhorrent as it is on the opposite side of the country, i.e., why in the hell would I ever want to live here? I think that's when you have to look at yourself and be like, okay, what are the steps I need to take to leave? Obviously, it's not doing people any good if it breeds sociopathy. So what's the point? Well, and, and let's not also forget, too, that one of the other major problems in Southern California that – homelessness crisis outside of even just uh, affordable housing and the lack of it um it's also mainly been gentrification and the fact that you have all of these areas that for decades have been intended to be for lower income families 
we definitely had segregation going on in parts of L.A. uh, in the mid 20th century, early mid 20th century. Um, And it was intentional in terms of where people were living. You know, it's it's always looking as somebody who lives in the 21st century. It's always interesting whenever I read about, um, you know, a place like Compton being a largely white community at one point in time, for example. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, of course, after all of those segregation laws were finally uh, were finally axed, you finally started to get more of that white flight that we typically are used to seeing. Now it's kind of like, okay, we clearly have too many people, including the white flight people. We got to make room for the people that are going to give us the most money and so what can we do? We can just go into these, you know, poorer neighborhoods and totally jack up the pricing on all of these homes. And then on top of that, we can remodel, we can make everything look fancy and more bougie and, you know, it's... You can make it, you can, yeah, you can make it more bougie for the people who care. But I think if you've, if you've noticed a pattern, I don't. Right. Well, and I, I don't mean, let's face, like, yeah. dude, like, I'm not even I'm not even kidding to you when I say this. And I know this probably goes against every single episode of the podcast that we've ever had. But, dude, I've been growing farther distant from anything California related, whether it be politics or the way the friggin sun rises mm. in this in this damn state. OK. And, and it's just California politics. Like, I have a yearning to know what goes on in the other 48 states, because I'm counting New York in the sea of degeneracy on this one. (laughs) But, like, I don't know. And I don't think that makes me a closeted conservative when I say that either, when I realize that, hey, it's a big country out there. It's a big world out there. Why do I need to be confined to the coast? You know, people find so much solace in being near the ocean, when in reality, uh, genius, we live on a fault line. And fact of the matter is that if it happens to go five miles west, you're screwed if it happens to kick up a tsunami. So, right. yeah, enjoy enjoy the uh, yeah, enjoy the homeowner's insurance that uh, that fixes your your Tuscany mansion, if you will. <laughs> Overall, you know, it, it's. I, I guess, if anything, when it comes to this particular issue it's it's something that i certainly have paid more attention to and and you're right like it's 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 california politics that at the end of the day it hasn't changed there's not a lot of effort going into actually fixing any of these crises in fact the powers that be seem to be making everything feel a hell of a lot worse than it needs to and you know that's not to say that it's any better than any other state it certainly isn't but i think the the issue at hand is just letting people know across the country like look yes la and and i'm i'm saying this as somebody who i will have my my love-hate relationship with the city of my birth you know i yes there is the culture yes there is the cuisine yes there's what you know whatever people think they can find they can find it here, but the fact of the matter is, is that we're over, we're we're overflowing, and we're dealing with multiple issues that are not getting resolved. And you well, throw look, in more and more well, people, let, let and me, especially more people from across the country, 
it, you know, again, it's just adding would, to an ever-growing crisis. Dude, and especially if an earthquake ever does come, that's going to be a monumental disaster. I would put it this way. Like, forget the whole justification as to why California is bad, okay? You can list as many reasons as you damn well want. Do you like it? Do you like being here with the type of people and the type of weather and the type of issues that it has? Like, like, like subjectively speaking, you know, like, do you like being here? Really, my point is it should really dictate on what you want out of life. Like, mm. th- there's a big world outside the <laughs> there's a big world outside the mountains, people. You know, like we live in this basin in California surrounded by these mountains. And on the other side, it's a pretty damn good country if you look at it. So I think I, I think a lot of people need to have that sort of reality check bestowed upon them. But, you know, do you like living here and what it's become? And you're a smart guy. You can predict how, like, the direction of where it's going. Do you want to stay here when it hits the fan? And here's here's the other thing, too. A part of why, and I, I will answer it, but I will say, you know, I'm a traveled person. You know, I've been, I think, to at least... No, yeah, I've been to, I've been on three continents. I've traveled all across the country. I've, you know, I've been to Florida. I've been to New York. I've been oh, to Virginia. You've been to, you've been to Florida? Okay. <laughs> that's yeah, it. Well, that's... that's all the culture you need. <laughs> uh, oh, and, and, and it goes just, it goes beyond, um, oh my God, I'm having a brain fart. It goes beyond uh, GTA Vice City, I promise you. Uh, <laughs> and of course, having been around the world, having been to, to parts of Europe, having been to parts of South America and I think with LA it's it's a weird situation because I think for someone of my age it's an enticing place it's a fascinating place and I think there's a lot to be learned there's a lot to be seen and there's a lot to be just immersed in the problem though is the fact that living out here how is much not manageable sorry if I, I may if i may yeah. interject how much do you need to take in before you're satiated how how many how many days are you going to continue living here thinking that oh you know the best is yet to come california is definitely you know on an uptick when no, in, no no i when no, in you're, reality, you're putting words no, into my into my mouth i'm not thinking the no, best no, is yet to come. No, I no, mean, no, no. I, I'm, I'm not asking you from the perspective of, you know, me. I'm asking you in the perspective of the average Californian thinking that uh, what other 49 states, you know what I mean? So mm. if you could think of me as someone trying to convince you to stay here when in, when in reality, I, I could sense you're kind of on the fence about it. Like, yeah. yeah like what is the, I guess, what is the be all end all answer? Oh, dude, come on, really? That, well, You're that, person, come on. It's, it, well, it's a very, that's just it. It's a very, it's a simple question, but it, it tackles so many different things, not to mention it's, I'm thinking about too many things personally that is it a, is are, it a, are both a, a detri- or they're both a blessing and a curse in terms of living here. Like, there's the part of me that I'm like, well, blessing. you know, my family's here and... Okay. Okay, no, 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 no. But you're then not, there's also part of me that's like, I want to get away from my family. <laughs> Dude, you're not, you're not doing that. You're not looking at this in the perspective of your loved ones. Your loved ones are going to be fine, hypothetically speaking. Yeah, okay? yeah. This is a hypothetical. What do you want to do with the 80, and that's not even guaranteed, 
years on this earth because the the cap keeps getting lower and lower. So realistically speaking, would you want to spend the rest of your dying days here in California of all places? No. Oh no. I mean, I if anything like I let's face it, California it's I can safely say it is a part of my identity. It is a part of who I am, but at the same by the same standard, you know, I, I as I've already said, like there's a whole world out there and I'm happy going to all trust me i want to go to all 50 states i i want to travel more once this bloody pandemic is over with um and you know i think the saddest thing too is the fact that i'm we're all probably going to see when the cookie crumbles in a state like california and i think that's if anything that's the biggest tragedy you think about when you're thinking about any kind of future here which it's something i think about it's like look i don't want to be here when the big one hits right I also know I live in a state where the climate crisis is going to intensify. Um, and, you know, we talked all about it last week. And so I think it's all of those things and more that people really need to consider outside of, oh, well, you know, it gets me closer to Hollywood or it gets me closer to this right. job or that job. And the fact is, you know, if you're good at what you do and you're able to actually land a job, like I'm not even talking about like acting or screenwriting or any I'm talking more of like a technical job and you're at, I don't know, Pixar. Companies are now under the gun, or if they're not now under the gun, they soon very much will be, of going through that morality question of, should I have people come back to the office because they weren't getting enough done at home? Or should Mm -hmm. I have people continue working from home because they're not going to get enough done at the office? We've seen how efficient work from home can be. Right. Okay. So the question is, well... Fuck no, I'm not going back to work. Uh, if I can work from home, what's the point? Mm. And HR is not going to be doing a can, HR can't do a damn thing about it because work's still getting done. And you know, I, I guess the debate of whether or not it's getting done in a concise manner. I mean, that's that's something that can be dealt with between the superior, the supervisor, and the employee. But yeah, if the world can keep spinning. <laughs> at the rate it's going now, at the rate people are working in the in the adaptability of it all, uh, the question remains, why can't you do this from any state? And moreover, right. if you really want to milk California for all it's worth, you'd get a position in California, a remote position, full time, pension and everything. I know I'm, it's outlandish to think about, you know, job security. What's that? Yeah. If you get a position like that. And then move to a low-taxed, preferably no-tax, low-income-taxed state, and you collect that California paycheck, you're golden, dude. You're golden, pony boy. It's gold, Terry. It's not not too far-fetched of a plan. I don't think so. A lot of this kind of dovetails into an op-ed that recently came out in the Bakersfield Californian uh, with the headline of, Is L.A. Failing California? And, yes. you know, I don't know. And I, honestly, that's something I, I have to – yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, to kind of read a little bit off of this uh, op-ed, California has a huge problem that it can't remove with a recall election. Problem's name is Los Angeles. We Californians love to lambast San Francisco. 
its wealth, powerful politicians, and self-parodying progressivism. But it's actually L.A. County, home to one home to one in four Californians, that undermines our state the most. Uh, uh, you know, uh, yeah. aside, I undermine it for the hell of it, but go on. <laughs> I uh, undermine it because there's so much to undermine about it. <laughs> Sorry to say. Uh, since the early, and this is kind of jumping ahead a little bit, uh, since the early 1990s recession, L.A. has been a drag on California's economic growth and employment. L.A. hasn't matched California's gains in education, health, or voter turnout. And Los Angeles has been the biggest driver of high poverty rates and rising inequality across the state. Uh, L.A. is also where California lost the pandemic. The county of 10 million has one-third of the state's COVID cases and 40% of the deaths. If Los Angeles had controlled COVID better, California as a whole might not be compared unfavorably to Florida and other states. Uh, kind God, of, you know when you're pitted up against Florida, you've done a crappy job. Yeah. Oh my God, dude, I almost want to go like, oh, really? Like it's, dude. <laughs> In our fraternity, there was a saying: "You're only as strong as your weakest link." I know you know it, but it's uh, like, it's like, dude, it's. I, I'm not sure what sort of the end goal of this of this article is. What is the to cut off California geographically and throw it in the ocean. I mean, I'd support it, but <laughs> no, he, he mainly kind of wraps up saying, you know, the biggest question now is whether LA can connect itself and build new supportive systems for its people. No, it sounds very general, article. but no, and you know, article. It's true. <laughs> I was, well, I was going to say no end article. Yeah. Cause that's worked so, so much better before. I know, right? <laughs> We've already tried that. What, what is this rerun stuff? If it didn't work, redo it. It failed. <laughs> redo uh, the city. To that end, the, quote, No Going Back LA report is promising as a collaboration of the Committee for Greater LA and USC and UCLA scholars. Uh, the report's ideas include stronger protections for undocumented Angelinos, a regional housing strategy and making high-speed internet a civil right. Transforming LA from segregated patchwork into integrated whole will require the expertise and support of the rest of California. The politics of assisting our biggest county won't be easy, but California needs to save LA so it can save itself. Or just don't make it your issue. Don't live in LA. <laughs> like, what do you want? I mean, look, do you have that much faith in the people? Like, like honestly, it, it, it's it's let us down. L.A. like unabashedly has let Californians down, whether it be economically, whether it be you know expectations wise. Oh, this is this is all it has to offer, but you know we're gonna give you crumbs if that. Mm -hmm. It's like it, it's it's like, dude, I. Like, what do you want me to say? Oh, yeah, I have faith in the city that I was born and raised in. Yeah, OK. That's like saying, you know, you should you should obey your parents and you should listen to them despite them being wrong. <laughs> like have some like have some level of subjective thought here and be like. I, I've heard this before. I've heard this in articles about how to how to fix California home remedy. Mm -hmm. You can do it at home and other mommy <laughs> blogger stuff. It's like, OK. What's your solution? Here's your solution. Okay. Did it work? No. Well, <laughs> did, did the other 75,000 articles work? No. <laughs> well, by science, 
your experiment fucking bombed. Okay? <laughs> you could say the same thing about San Francisco, too. Like, there comes a point where admitting failure looks a lot better. Or it's a lot more humble, you know? Like, is it so is it so wrong of me to say I don't have faith in not only the city, but the state at this point? No, of course not. I mean, I honestly I'm right there with you. Like, it's any notion that we're going to be on the right track at some point is ludicrous because all you have to do is just look at the last 30 years and think to yourself, if this if these if the last three decades have supposedly been quote unquote on the right track my god we have a long ways to go and 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 you're you're exactly right in the wording of that on the right track okay so where's the solution and what part of the track are we on like yeah where's the the station or are we like where's the uh so-called end goal here oh is it in sight because it's been in sight for three decades when do we get the results? And I'm not saying, oh, well, you know, you're just being impatient, Sebastian. I don't think so. I think waiting no. 30 years for anything and not <laughs> seeing any results isn't too far-fetched of a claim to say, uh, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and honestly, that's that's the kind of stuff that I think people need to start thinking about more when it comes to, oh, I I, I want to be a movie stock. Okay. Maybe I can okay, go you to know LA. What? You know what? what? I have yeah. I have a result. How about stop delegating these entertain these conglomerate entertainment industries to two points on a map? Okay. How about and I know that other states have have sort of kind of done this. Colorado is kind of like eh, like like they're opening a few things in like the entertainment industry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why don't you take some backwoods state? And put a point of interest there outside of like national parks. Okay. Put mm. a major theater company. I guarantee you that'll not only attract tourism, which is it's kind of a double edged sword because I don't want those people coming from California to, to, to somewhere and then ended up living there. That's a no go. You can see how you can see how bad that ended up with Texas. I implore you. <laughs> no, I dare you. Or better yet, if we're going Christmas story, I triple dog dare you <laughs> to find a good re- to, to number one, find a good uh, rental institution for a car. That's number one. <laughs> number two is to find a good rate on gas. Number three is to find a good route to take on the freeway. And number four is to find a good rate on a parking spot, because I know you're not going to find one for free. It never happens. And number five <laughs> is to find a way to come to terms with the fact that despite all that effort, you may not even get to go to the beach that day. <laughs> know why? That's so no true. Because there's no parking. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm only here for a week. <laughs> yeah, and you're only you're only here for a week. That's one day ruined, and it's one day ruined regardless. Because I guarantee you, you're not going to get to the beach when you plan to get there. Um, have fun driving up PCH trying to find something cost efficient to eat. Doesn't exist. And, and and if you even, Ryan, if you even get to the beach, <laughs> try finding a spot <laughs> that isn't filled with either dog shit, a used <laughs> or a, 
I don't know. I've seen a few hypodermic needles wash up on the beach before. It is bad. Ugh. Like, I thought San Francisco had it beat on the whole um, uh, uh, overdosing paraphernalia. But, no, dude, it's it's bad. Like, I dare you. I, I really do dare you to find to find something of substance in the city. And if you do, God bless. Okay. I know a lot of I know a lot of people do, but in a way you can't really look at that perspective. Because these are people, these are perspectives of people who have already been established in the industry. They already make a fortune at doing God knows whatever job. And I hate to say it, but they're most likely grandfathered into the position that they're in. Mm-hmm. What be entertainment or not. Dude, I, when I used to work in a supermarket, I knew this woman who was grandfathered into a contract that was three times over. And I'm like, well, would you ever consider quitting this job? And she was a cashier. And she was like, no, of course not. I make $60 an hour. And I'm like, <laughs> well, okay, that makes sense. And I'm sorry to say, but our time is about 20 to 30 years too late. Had yeah. we would have been in the 70s or 80s, you know, when oppor- when opportunity was actually amu- like ran amok, uh, yeah, you could find justification for living here, and that's why oh, I think absolutely. Our, why I think our parents are so inundated in this boomer lifestyle, where it's like, well, why would you want to live anywhere else? Like, have you looked at what's around you? <laughs> and and don't get me wrong, this this is I think this is an issue that is that is post pandemic. Like, once we get yeah. out of the pandemic, I don't see this issue being resolved. Oh, no, the pandemic has only made life here demonstrably worse. And, you know, I, I brought it up in, in regards to the uh, Echo Park story. The Olympics are going to make it even more so. Like, it's it's only going to keep decreasing, and L.A. is going to be probably at the worst that it's ever been in over a century. No, yeah. I, believe me, I, I I do not intend on staying here for the rest of my life, nor do I, uh, nor do I plan to uh, find any kind of living out here, given the fact that, again, nothing is affordable. When it comes down to other states, and when it comes down to other states that, you know, you could arguably have some kind of, metropolitan slash cosmopolitan culture typically people like to do that in a city where there's a lot of different avenues for them whether it's in business politics the arts retail god knows what i mean there's such a myriad of different opportunities out there for people in any particular city and again it would have to be a city and then on top of that it would have to be within a state where you can have sort of a a growing diversity of people within that city. And that's something you may not necessarily get depending on what state you're going to. I know in Texas, there's a little bit more flexibility there, especially in cities like San Antonio and Dallas. But once you start getting out of those towns, that's when you start getting into the... I hate to say this, that is a no point, considering the fact that those are the cities that people have migrated from California to. Okay, so you're not right. getting Texans. You're getting Californians who have that same ideology. It's essentially just more of California. Of course, you're going to get 
less and less people agreeing with those views the farther out you go in Texas and other states. And it's like, okay, well, when does the shittery of California end and the other states begin? Go ahead. Well, I was just going to add add to that. You also have to figure the natural disasters in those states too. Like if you want to go to Louisiana, you know, you, you've basically got eight months out of the year worrying about a hurricane. You want to go to the Midwest, well, Tornado Alley. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I'd rather <laughs> I'd rather live in a state with decent homeowners insurance, should that ever happen, mm-hmm. um, as, uh, as opposed to whether or not I have to uh, decide whether uh, to fork over a substantial amount of money should I happen to get injured in a car wreck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like I have to make that judgment call as to whether or not, you know, an ambulance ride to the hospital is worth it. And even if you want to talk about natural disasters, okay, we you keep we keep saying that, oh, we're due for a big one. We're due for a big one. Okay, yeah. like that's supposed to alleviate my nerves, number one. But number two, I don't think it's too far-fetched of me to say that, yeah, dude, uh, fault line, five miles that way, and we could be <laughs> in for a real surprise. Look at Japan. Yeah. Seven, ten years ago. Like, it's like, and and yeah, granted, granted, geographically speaking, Japan is about 20 times smaller the size of the United States. But we're not looking at the United States. We're looking at California and the potential of damage that that can cause. Mm -hmm. And, you know, oh, God forbid it goes into other states like friggin Utah. Yeah. By that point, it's going to be a puddle. I don't know. I, I feel like we can go on and on. This has just been mainly a screw California episode, but. To some extent, it has, yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it sort of went in that direction. If, if anything, again, looking back kind of on what happened last week, having you know worked in media trying to cover the homelessness crisis, having interned for somebody who was in the California State Assembly who literally was struggling to understand what was going on with homelessness being on the rise, um, you know, it just ended up being... Or it, it's just grown to be this really sad circumstance that as the years have gone on, I've kind of given up on thinking that anybody's going to resolve this issue. Obviously, it's not going to happen within our lifetimes, if ever. And, you know, on top of that, it, it's kind of like, well, what do you do ultimately? You can't kick them out of the state. You can't be like, oh, you're not supposed to be here or whatever. I also say that as the guy who lives in this in within a close proximity to a city that would basically round up all the local homeless people, throw them in a bus and drop them off in downtown LA. And that was something that was being done, I think as late as the early nineties. Yep. So it's kind of like the, the response to what's going on, I think is something that needs to be pressed further upon, but by the same standard, there needs to be, a bit of a re-education as to how exactly anyone intends on or how anybody intends to live out here. And that extends not just to politicos and, you know, all the influencers out here. It also just extends all the people that are like, I'm going to move to L.A. one day. It's like, no, 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 no. let's talk. Let's talk before, before you make any rash decisions. Let's let's talk about a few things, maybe have some coffee, you know, I'll buy. And we'll we'll talk about where you can go that isn't L.A. because there's just too many goddamn people here. Uh, and I'm just trying to make sure you don't wind up in a really horrible situation. 
if you do come out here. Um, and obviously with you and me, it's kind of like we we grew up here, our families are still here, and we both still live at home with family. So that exposure to California is going to persist as long as we live here. Um, you know, if, if the day comes that you and I decide to get an apartment in Houston, uh, that can be fuck, something. And fuck that Sheridan, Wyoming, dude. If I can, Wyoming? If I, dude, look, you can't tell me that a, relatively speaking, and you'll have to pull these numbers up, because I, I certainly, I don't know. I'm trying to, I'm trying to actually make this sound better than it actually is. But I know that it, has, that it is better by comparison to what California has to offer. If you want to look at me and say that twenty five hundred to four thousand dollars per square, a, per square acre of land is a bad deal, you can get six times the amount property, property wise and property value in a state like that. Uh, and that's like what one sixty fourth of what you could realistically afford here, and that's like on a ten thousand dollar budget. Okay, so yeah, let let's say for all intents and purposes, this podcast lasts another five to ten years. I'm hoping it's been fun so far. <laughs> uh, had we not told our uh, listeners where we were located, we could have done this from anywhere. Matter of fact, we could do this from anywhere. <laughs> my point, you know, which is my point. Like, it's it's things like that that really kind of make me wonder. It's like, well, you're going somewhere because it's it's where the entertainment lies. But it's one of those things where it's like, well, you make your own entertainment, or or you make your own, I guess, uh, you know, fulfillment in entertainment but if it's a situation like this where it can be done in this manner Mm -hmm. who cares where you live yeah and who cares what anyone else thinks about it i would rather like it's not me being smug when i say this either but i would rather be that smug asshole living in like a low-tax state knowing that i can do what i do and not have to look a californian in the face again We've had artists come and go in this state, and I don't know, dude. It's not as much as it is a hub for the arts. It's definitely not a hub for artists anymore. We've already gone an hour and a half, and I'm having fun. I could go on for hours, you know that, but oh, I know, I I could keep going because it's trust me, it it it's we may need a part two to this. We might. And if anything, I, I totally hear what you say, and I, I, you can probably hear it in my voice that it really is a love-hate relationship that I have, where I struggle, and I know, and I'm, I know I'm dealing with, like, a hundred different things that are why I love the state and the area, well, that's, well, I, I should be careful how I put this, see, not so see, much the area... Go. Not so much the area that I live in, but the air, the part of the state that I live in, uh, right. i.e. the wider the wider region where I live in. Some of it boils down to politics. Some of it boils down to where you are and where the culture is. If you got to go, you got to go. Right. You know, like, yeah, there's there's living in Cali, son. But then there's also like I need to move on and be like Andrew and go to New Mexico, go to Boston, like go to where 
the jobs are now you're this this could this could easily be a part one uh damn now i feel like i need to reread city of courts um <laughs> until i guess we can say because i know that this is a conversation that's going to be continued mm. i will just simply end it off with until next time you've been listening to mars on life Look up our show on Instagram and Twitter by searching at Mars on Life Show and give us a follow. Tune in to the latest episodes and bonus content from our show wherever podcasts are found, including Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Also, don't forget to head on over to the official Mars on Life YouTube channel to like and subscribe our work. This show's artwork, Happy Mars, is by Zachary Urbrick while our intro and outro is Space Explorers by Kevin McLeod. Once again, I am Ryan Mancini, and my co-host as always is Sebastian Shug. If you keep going, you'll make it to Mars. <laughs> <laughs>